So, Milady, with your leave, uh, let me say at the outset, we have filed two very full sets of heads, very full. The first is the main set of heads, which appears at case lines at 020-3, and the second is the set of heads that appears in the counter-application, which is at 058-5. And we persist with all of those contentions. But what I hope to do in the course of this address, and that is the purpose of the note, is we will seek to try and deal with four main issues, and in doing so, demonstrate to the court the route through. Because it seems to us with respect that although you have a lot of paper in front of you, actually this case can be decided on a number of comparatively straightforward bases. Uh, and the relief, the, the, we, we've, for example, taken five grounds of review. Now, any one of those grounds of review would be sufficient to grant the relief sought in the notice of motion. If you just upheld the Audi point, the other grounds of review would not be necessary to upheld the relief. If you just upheld the point about the failure to consider the impact on ZEP holders and their children, the other grounds of relief would not be necessary to uphold uh, uh, the, the, the remedy sought. As things stand, the ZEP permits will come to an end on the 30th of June. And so we are seeking, if we may, to try and make the court's life, as I say, as easy as possible, not as difficult as possible. So if I could then turn to the note, um, and I will be following the note, but the note appears at 060 on case lines. I learned Junior will from time to time direct you to case lines. And it, it is at 060 uh, of, of case lines, and it begins with the oral address. And so the four points that I wish to address during the course of this address, my lady, are the following. Firstly, I need to deal briefly with the relevant factual context. Secondly, I will deal with the legal basis for this application because there's been a, something of a late change from the minister in that score. Thirdly, I will deal with what I've called the three primary grounds of review. Now, now we don't abandon the other two, but we just say that these are the three, particularly the first and second, that, that are really quite straightforward to reach a conclusion on. And fourthly, I will deal with the just and equitable remedy. But before I do so, my lady, if I could just make a few brief remarks on certain critical issues. And the first is at paragraph four of the note. And this is the point that there is no dispute that the minister decided the fate of the ZEP program without prior notice to or consultation with ZEP holders and the public. Now, I've used that phrase, decided the fate, because I'll come in a minute to whether it's a termination or an extension. We'll come there. But the bottom line is this. The minister took a decision about what would happen to the ZEP program. And it is common cause that he took that decision without any prior notice to the ZEP holders or the public and without any consultation with the ZEP holders and the public. And a call for representations was only issued in January 2022 after the minister's decision was announced. Now, that, those facts are common cause, and I'll come in a moment to what the legal implications are. The second is that the minister, despite purportedly calling for representations, has repeatedly told ZEP holders and the public that he will not reconsider the decision to terminate the ZEP program. He's made that absolutely clear in words of one syllable that he will not reconsider the decision to terminate the ZEP program and that all that has changed is the grace period. It was initially a year, then it was extended for six months, which it will not be extended further. And, and, and we've pointed you in that regard to his press statement um, and various other places. The third is that there can be no genuine dispute 
that this decision has profound consequences for the lives of ZEP holders, their children, and the broader society. Just let me pause there. These are people who've been living in South Africa lawfully. They've built lives. They've built careers. They've had children. They've married people. They've had relationships. They've started businesses. They've become educated. And they've done it all lawfully, pursuant to a program put in place by the government. And so when we say that there is no genuine dispute, and, and the effect of this decision, it's common cause, the effect of this decision is that virtually all of them will have to return to Zimbabwe. Now, when we say there is no genuine dispute that this decision has profound consequences for the lives of ZEP holders, their children, and the broader society, that's why we say so. And the minister himself acknowledges that this decision will have an impact on national security, international relations, political, economic, and financial matters. And so, your ladyship, members of the bench, you can see where I'm going. We have a decision which is going to fundamentally change people's lives. And it's a decision which was taken without any attempt to hear them first. Common cause. It's a decision which the minister has told these people repeatedly he will not consider, reconsider. And the question is, can that be lawful in our constitutional scheme? It might have been lawful under apartheid, because there there was no right to a fair hearing in the same way, although even under apartheid there might have been interesting debates about trial and legitimate expectation and all the rest. But in a constitutional dispensation, can a minister say to people who've been here 13 years lawfully, I'm going to decide your fate, I'm going to put in place a decision which is going to decide your fate and which requires you effectively to leave the country without hearing them first. And we say no. And that was uh, Stephen Budlander, SC, for the Helen Suzman Foundation. And, of course, uh, these hearings into uh, the ZDP uh, expiration will continue until Friday, and they are being heard virtually.